At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm up for people. Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the VC Family Podcast, and we've got a tremendous podcast for you. In the second segment, going to be joined by Danielle Vari. Here at VSIN, we do the Los Angeles CityCast with her, and we do a bunch of CityCasts with a bunch of different folks like Danny Burke does one in Chicago, Will Hill in New York, Holden Kushner holding it down in Denver, Colorado. list goes on and on. All these are tremendous. They attack sports betting from a local perspective. Danielle does an amazing job with the one out there in Los Angeles. So we're going to be talking about the Dodgers, and we're going to be talking about the Angels for the Dodgers. What has been going right for them? I want to... Doing that interview before we wound up seeing Craig Kimbrell blow the save. I should have asked about Craig Kimbrell and his unreliability, but don't worry. I will have reactions from Tuesday in a minute, but that's how we're going to talk about what's going right in L.A. Just taking a look at their success thus far, what could wind up happening in the playoffs, and what has went utterly wrong with the Los Angeles Angels, and get our takeaways from both of those teams. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. You've got one to two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They meet us on matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via the five-star review. A lot of my questions centered around why Craig Kimbrell is garbage and along with how bad is the turkey tosser himself. So 
Let's dive into everything that we wound up seeing on Tuesday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The Milwaukee Brewers take down the LA Dodgers by a count of 5-4 in 11 innings. Craig Kimbrell blows the game in the 11th inning as gets one out, giving up two runs, one of which was earned as Ryan Pepio wound up getting the start in this one. Not his best start. He did get six strikeouts in four two-thirds settings, but also issued five walks and gave up a homer going deep for the Milwaukee Brewers. Christian Yelich is ninth homer on season, and then William Thomas would also go deep off of Mr. Pepio's 23rd home run of the season. He actually gave up two bombs as Reyes Maranta was able to get four outs out of the bullpen, and then everyone else, not named Kimbrell, wound up doing their part in the bullpen, if you could tell him a little bit salty. David Price, Evan Phillips, Phil Bickford, Alex Vizia, they offer a scoreless setting as for the Dodgers, a trio of bombs. Joey Gallo all of a sudden has not been absolute garbage for the L.A. Dodgers. He gets his 15th home run of the season in nine games with L.A. I believe that he now has three homers. So he's been able to turn over a little bit of a new leaf as Chris Taylor gets his eighth home run season. That winds coming off of Matt Bush and Brandon Woodruff along that home run to Gallo. He winds up giving one up to Mookie Betts, 27th home run of the season for Betts. And for Brandon Woodruff, gives up two runs over the course of two innings, giving up a pair of bombs. Matt Bush, he gives up a run in an inning, including that solo homer as Woodruff's home runs. They are both solo bombs as well as the other run. Game off of Brent Suter in the 11th inning, unearned run in an inning. Hobie Milner, Devin Williams, Taylor Rogers, Brad Boxberger all offer a scoreless inning. So the Brewers in a game in which they really needed, they were able to get that done. Out there in that NL Central race, the Cardinals hold serve. They get a 5-4 win of their own against the Colorado Rockies. As for the Rockies, 3-7 with men in scoring position. Kyle Freeland gives up three runs in six innings, including a pair of bonds. Paul Goldschmidt, 29th home run season. Odds on favorite to win NL MVP right now for a reason. Tommy Edmond, he gets his eighth home run season. And for Jose Quintana, not a bad start, not a great start. Two runs given up over the course of five innings. Jordan Nix, been a little bit of an albatross out there in the bullpen. Two runs given up in one and two-thirds innings. But Packy Naughton gets out of the seventh inning with an out. And then Giovanni Gallegos, Ryan Elson. They both offer a scoreless setting for the Cardinals. They'll be able to hold up at the point of attack. The Seattle Mariners just continue the minds of the LA Angels. We'll talk about this a little bit more with Daniel Alvari. But 8-2, easy win for the Seattle Mariners as Robbie Ray just wind up giving up a home run. Two runs in total over the course of six innings, but punched out 10. Luis Ranifo wound up taking him deep ninth home run season in a just abyss of... Terribleness. Luis Renifo has actually been halfway decent for the Angels, and Jose Suarez hasn't necessarily been too bad either. Gives up three runs over the course of five and a third innings, and then the floodgates open as Julio Rodriguez, 19th home run season as the Seattle Mariners up by kind of three to two going into the night. They put up a five spot. Second straight night in which the Angels allow at least four in the ninth. This time was more on the bullpen the night before. We're going to talk about this as well. It was on the fielding as Jesse Chavez gives up all five runs in the ninth, including that bomb. Jimmy Harrigan, two and two-thirds inning. Scoreless end for Seattle. Bullpen continues to be working like a machine. Eric Swanson, Matthew Fessa, Andres Munoz all give a scoreless setting for Seattle. Last two months, they've had the best bullpen area out there in the big leagues. The Oakland A's, they take it to the Texas Rangers by a count of 5-1. to one. Why Koji Iwahara was sent back up to the big leagues, I really don't know, but he gives up three runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings, including a homer going deep off of him. You wind up having Sean Murphy get his 14th home run season, and Elvis Andrews, he winds up getting his eighth as he goes deep off Taylor Hearn, who gives up two runs at one and a third innings. Garrett Richards, who has north of a 10 ERA over the last 50 days, he goes to score the settings. That'll help with that end for Texas. Not a lot doing off J.P. Sears, one of the big acquisitions for the A's in that Frankie Montas, the 5 scoreless settings. A.J. Puck gives up a run in an inning, but Domingo Acevedo, Danny Jimenez, 
Kirby Sneed all offer a scroll of setting. You did wind up seeing the San Francisco Giants get a walk-off winner, 2-1. to one. They take down the Arizona Diamondbacks. For the Diamondbacks' lone form of offense in this game, Christian Walker. He gets a solo bomb, 29th home run season. That comes off of Jacob Junis, who is very solid. Gives up that solo home run, one run in total, of course, of seven innings. Alex Young, John Brebbia both offer a scroll of setting in. For the Giants, they had nothing until the bottom of the ninth inning. They wind up getting a triple off the bat of Ferio Estrada with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, and then Brandon Crawford sends him home. Walk-off homer off of Ian Kennedy. Sixth home run season for Kennedy. Allows those two runs while getting just two outs. Wastes a very good start for Merrill Kelly. He winds up going seven scoreless, and for Merrill Kelly, he has been absolutely tremendous this year on the road with right around about a 265-ish ERA, and Joe Mantiply was able to offer a scoreless setting as well. DK Nation pick for Tuesday was on the over in Cubs versus Nationals. It gets there. Unfortunately, Patrick Corbin doesn't take the loss. He's still stuck on 16. We want to see the second 20-game loser since 1980. The only other is Mike Maroth of the Tigers in that bad 2003 season, but 7-5. Cubs get it done. The turkey tosser himself, Corbin, gives up four runs for his seventh straight start, giving up four runs over the course of six innings, including a bomb along the way as it was Fran Mel Reyes recently picked up from the Cleveland Guardians. His 11th home run of the season for the Cubs, they go 5-10 of 10 with men in scoring position as you did wind up having scoreless innings out of C.C. Sheck, Erasmo Ramirez, and then Kyle Finnegan, and then in extra innings because this game goes 11. Carl Edwards Jr. gives up an unearned run in the 10th of Victor Arano. Two runs, one of which was earned, was given up. Now you did have Bolsa Gutierrez blow a tag in the 10th inning that allowed the Washington Nationals to tie it up and go to an 11th. If you had the run like, like me, you can thank him a little bit later, but for Washington, bear bombs in this one as Rowan Wick gives up a home run to Luke Foyt, 16th home run season, and Lane Thomas is 11th as Wick Boy, not a great appearance here, giving up two solo runs in the course of his inning. Justin Steele continues to be as strong as Steele. 100 runs surrendered in six innings. You have Eric Yeoman wind up giving up one run in a third of an inning. Sean Newcomb, pair of outside the bullpen, and then Michael Rucker and Mark Leiter Jr. offer a scoreless inning. Brandon Hughes in the 10th. He allows an 100 run, so it continues as the Nationals. 4-20 and 20 in Patrick Corbin's 24 starts this season, losing 18 by multiple runs. That is not great. Our national travesty is over. After 16 games of scoring three runs or fear, the Mets broke the three-run plateau. 4-3, to three, they take down the Slam Diego Padres as Chamonea wound up giving up a pair of bombs. Three runs in total over the course of four innings as Nick Fortes takes him deep twice for his fifth and sixth home runs of the season. For Manea, that's pretty embarrassing, and he's had a bad year as he's up to a 483 ERA. The Cruzman, two scoreless settings to Martinez. He winds up delivering a scoreless setting as well. And Luis Garcia, he gives up a run in his inning of working for the Padres. They go one of 12 with Ben in scoring position. A relatively solid start here from Edward Cabrera. Problem was, it just didn't have any length. He winds up going four scoreless, punching out seven, but they've been very cautious with him coming off of injury. From there, Uscara Brazo. Was able to give you a scroll of setting. The Albatross out there in the bullpen for this team. Andrew Nardi. I believe that this was an MLB debut for him, and it didn't go well. He got four outs, giving up three runs along the way before Elias Hernandez cleans up the mess, giving up one and a third inning scoreless. Richard Blyer gets an out of the bullpen, and Dylan Flora was able to offer a scoreless setting for the Miami Marlins. Get there to the window. They wind up winning their second straight. The Philadelphia Phillies 
Just had two TJ Zoich. 11 to 4, the final for Zoich. I have no idea how he wound up getting a second start, but he did. He gives up six runs over the course of four innings. This man had north of a six ERA at the AAA level this season and gives up three bombs. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. It's not working out too well for him. Who could have figured that out? Nick Cassianos, 11th home run of the season. Reese Hoskins goes deep twice, once off of Zoich, and then he winds up going deep off of Revier San Martin as well. 25th to 26th home runs of the season. San Martin gives one up to Garrett Stubbs, fifth home run of the season. Jared Call takes Zoich deep, his ninth home run of the season, and speaking of Revier San Martin, he gets four outs and he gives up five runs off, which were earned Buck Farmer. Pair of squirrelless things, Ross Setweiler winds up being able to offer a squirrelless thing, and final two outs come from Eljo Lopez, a backup second baseman, as for the Cincinnati Reds, they got a pair of bombs of their own. Jonathan India, fresh off of a little bit of an injury, his eighth home run of the season off of Kyle Gibson, and Gibson winds up giving one up to Jake Fraley as well. His fifth home run season for Gibson, not the world's greatest start in terms of runs allowed, three runs and two homers given up in six innings, but 11 punch outs, which from that's very uncommon. Nick Nelson, he gives up a run in an inning, but Jose Alvarado, Connor Brogdon were both able to deliver scoreless innings. The Chicago White Sox take down the Houston Astros, four to three, the final. Craig Kimbrell has converted each out of his last 18 saves as he delivers a scoreless setting in the ninth. And the battle of Cease and Justin Verlander, well, Dylan Cease didn't wind up necessarily having it in this one. Three runs given up over the course of five innings. And this is a big one for the Cy Young race. Verlander winds up delivering a little bit of length, but Justin Verlander gives up three runs over the course of seven innings. At Hector Neres, he gives up a run in an inning as well. So I would say neither guy certainly did not wind up helping their cause either. As Jose Altuve, he goes deep off of Dylan C's 20th home run of the season. But for the White Sox, along with Hendricks, you wind up having Jimmy Lambert, Vince Velasquez, and Jose Ruiz all be able to deliver a scoreless inning. Big win for the White Sox that they currently needed out there in that AL Central race as you wind up seeing the Cleveland Guardians slip up against the Detroit Tigers. 4-3 to three the final for Detroit. Garrett Hill, very good start. One run surrendered over the course of six innings. He did wind up having Jason Foley be the victim of an unrun run in an inning. Joey Jimenez, he lost a run in an inning as well, but Gregory Soto gets his 22nd save of the season. He posts up a scoreless ninth, and it was the Carpenter that wound up being the main form of power. Kerry Carpenter, who since getting promoted up to the big leagues, 333 average, second home run of the season. That comes off Zach Plesak, who gives up four runs over the course of five and a third innings, three of which wanted coming in the first. From there, Anil De Los Santos, five outside the bullpen, scoreless same advantages. Nick Sandlin, they provide a scoreless setting before the Guardians. They're right now averaging right around .6 home runs per game. They've got 32 home runs at home thus far this season, so not a lot doing there. Speaking of not a lot doing, the Yankees have scored one run in their last three games, and that one run came yesterday. 3-1 to one the final. Nestor Cortez gave up three runs in the first inning off of a Randy Orozarena home run, 16th home run season, and that put the Yankees behind the eight ball, and they couldn't recover. Jeffrey Springs, a good start. One run surrendered over the course of five innings. It was courtesy of an error, by the way. Pete Fairbanks, Sean Armstrong, both deliver a scoreless inning, and Brooks Raley, Jason Adam. They combined for two scoreless, and for the Yankees, they do wind up going just 0-4 with Ben in scoring position, so it's not even like they had a bunch of opportunities. Pitching wasn't bad. Cortez gives up the home run, but three runs in total, given up over the course of seven innings. Albert Abreu, two scoreless. If you're Yankees pitching and you give up three runs in a game, you've got to expect that the offense does enough for you. That does not wind up happening. And for the Yankees, I believe that they are now 8-17 and 17 in their last 25 games. It has been an almighty slide for them. The Atlanta Braves, 
They have not been on a slide in a long time, and they take down the New York Metropolitans by a count of 5-0. For the Mets, Tywin Walker lasts just two innings in this one as he goes out with an injury. From there, you have LJ Alvarez have to come into the game. He gives up a pair of bombs, three runs in total over the course of two in the third innings. Robbie Grossman, third home run season, then Matt Olson gets his 26th. Steven Nagosic gives up two runs in his two innings of work, and Seth Lugo polishes off five innings before the Mets. Not a lot doing. Three hits in total off of Charlie Morton, he wound up having 12 punch-outs in six and two-thirds innings. He was terrific. Dylan Lee, he gets it on out of the bullpen. A.J. Minter, Raziel Iglesias. Both are able to provide a scoreless inning. The Baltimore Orioles just continue to surge up of the playoff standings. They wind up taking down the Blue Jays by a count of 4-2. to two. And for the Orioles, they're a half a game back now of the Toronto Blue Jays for that final wild card spot as the Rays have vaulted up with their wins over the New York Yankees. The Seattle Mariners are currently facing a human white flag of a team in the LA Angels. So that's helping them out. And for Baltimore, pair of home runs in this one. Adley Rushman, seventh home run season. Cedric Mullins is 11th. They both come deep off of Alec Manoa. Manoa, what? He was not good. Four runs surrendered in five and two-thirds innings. He's now given up three-plus runs at each out of his last two starts against Baltimore. Anthony Bass from there. Four outside the bullpen. Adam Simber, David Phelps. They both provide a scoreless inning, but damage had been done. Flaggero Jr., he did his best to provide some offense. 25th home run season off of Dean Kramer, but that's all Kramer would allow. He winds giving up two runs over the course of seven innings. Dylan Tate, Felix Batista, both provide a scoreless inning. And for Kramer, the team is now 8-4 in his last 12 starts. They were 3-15 in his first 18 career starts. So, what a turnaround for that, gentlemen. And hey, the Boston Red Sox, they're not dead in the playoff hunt either. They've got games against the Pittsburgh Pirates right now, and they take care of business. 5-3 the final. Nick Pavetta, seven scoreless innings. Austin Davis tried to light this game on fire, giving up three runs while getting just one out. But John Triber, he rescues it, getting a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Scoreless, Matt Barnes, scoreless signing to be able to get a save. And for Pittsburgh, all the runs were given up by our good friend Mitch Keller, giving up five runs, four of which were earned over the course of two innings. Done no favors by Brian Reynolds fielding error, his first error in eons. J.C. Young from there, four scoreless sangs out of the bullpen. Austin Bryce, two scoreless, and many Benuelos was able to strike out the side in the ninth, but damage had been done, and this is a Pittsburgh Pirates offense that, well, it's pretty offensive the way that they swing the bat because it's not been good, and for the Minnesota Twins, they shut out the Kansas City Royals, 9 to nothing for the Royals, just absolutely nothing doing in this game. They wind up going 0-5 with men in scoring position, and Zach Granke has got some of the most interesting splits ever, and he didn't necessarily pitch bad here. He was hurt by Bywood Jr. committing his 18 there of the season. I believe that that leads a leg, and then you wind up having an error out of Michael Massey as well. So while he gives up three runs over the course of six innings, only one of them was earned, and that's because you wound up having a Gilberto Cicino home run, second home run season, and for the Royals from there, the bullpen just completely collapsed. Wyatt Mills gives up three runs to two-thirds Venang, and Luke Weaver comes in for frauds. Once again, hurt by the fielding that was looking like the Angels was on Monday. Three hundred runs given up by Weaver in one and a third innings. And for Minnesota, Sonny Gray was on his game. Six scoreless innings, ten punch-outs killed. Theobar Michael Fulmer, Cole Sands from there. All wind up being able to lend a scoreless inning. And if you're taking a look at Major League Baseball right now, we did wind up seeing some pretty harebrained games that wound up going down on Tuesday. And if you're taking a look overall for the season, favorites are hitting right at a clip of 60%. 1,040 and 694 straight up. But if you're taking a look at the run line, home favorites, they've been having a relatively rough time with it. 
6.63 and 4.35 are home favorites rate up, hitting at about 60.4%. But you've seen home favorites fail to cover the run line in now 203 instances overall for the season. Unders are hitting at 51.5%, 849 unders to 798 overs. But you take a look at what we've been able to get last 30 days, so pretty much post all-star break. 171 unders to 169 overs, so been a relative stalemate. Favorites are starting to take hold, 223 and 139 straight up. And for home favorites, they're doing a better job of covering the run line. By the way, they've been very hot on the money line, 141 and 75 straight up. But for these home favorites, all but 35 of them have covered the run line as well. So that's where we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now. And that's what we want getting on Tuesday. Now let's get into an L.A. state of mind with our good friend Danielle Avari. Talk about the Dodgers and talk about the Angels with her next as she does a great job with the Los Angeles City Cats, which you're able to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. And my chat with her is coming up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show by myself, Dave Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. 
This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and always a pleasure to be joined by this guest, Daniel Alvari. does a great job for us over at Beeson doing the Los Angeles CityCast. We've got CityCast for a wide variety of cities like Los Angeles, New York, Denver, Colorado, Detroit, list goes on and on. Danielle does a great job in the City of Angels, taking a look at a little bit of everything. I know that she is getting set for the football season. And for those that are looking for something to bet other than baseball this time of year, she does an amazing job when it comes to being able to cover the WNBA as well. So a must-follow there. And easy enough to be able to follow her at Danielle Alvari. Last name is spelled A-L-V-A-R-I. And Danielle, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, of course, Greg. Yes, you know, I'm gearing up for WNBA playoffs. They kick off on Wednesday. We have two rounds going on. So round one will be Wednesday and Thursday. So lots of my focus there. But of course, so nice to have an incredible baseball team and then a not not so much baseball team here in LA. Yeah, let's talk about the incredible baseball team first, because you know me, I am a gentleman from the great state of Wisconsin. And you know what, it feels <laughs> like it's a little bit mano a mano at this point, as it's currently a series between the uh, LA Dodgers and the Milwaukee Brewers as we're doing this podcast. Game for Tuesday is just getting started, but Dodgers, they enter into Tuesday's game with 80 wins as far as the season, and what I think is more incredible, 72 of those by multiple runs, so they have been very much a run-line machine. And what have you just noticed in general with the LA Dodgers? Because it just doesn't feel like this team necessarily has a weak link, because I mean, every single time you think that you've identified something, Cody Bellinger winds up having like two home runs on Sunday Night Baseball, list goes on and on, but you just take a look at this LA Dodgers team and what have you been seeing the last, we're going to call it a month or so, because I believe that they wound up entering into Monday as well with a 31-5 and mark over their last 36 games. Yeah, and to your point, the run line has been cashing like nobody's business, which is incredible, of course, because as you know, in baseball, it's, it's often safer probably to look at something like a money line. But with the Dodgers, you just have to lay so much juice to play something like that. So the run line coming home and being a lot more accessible at even money or plus 125 or things in that realm has been great. And it's just a testament to how strong this team is, obviously. And we look back to what happened at the trade deadline, not a whole lot of movement, but there was the Joey Gallo trade. Interestingly enough, the Dodgers since then, 11 and one, the Yankees two and 10. So maybe that had a little something to do with it, but (laughs) you're right. This is a team obviously where headlines are breaking Uh, earlier this week where Walker Bueller, his season is over. What does this mean? That's devastating. But is it really? Because it reminds me really of like, if you had a, a movie 
and you had a bunch of Oscar winners in that movie and one of them had to drop out, you'd be like, well, we still have a lot of Oscar winners in this picture. So that's kind of how I feel about the Dodgers is they're going to be able to survive without Walker Buehler. I'm not saying that they'll be better without him. That's definitely not the case. We know that he's pitched more postseason innings than anyone else since his playoff debut in 2018. But this is not something you want to mess around with. He's already had Tommy John surgery. He had that back right when they drafted him really shortly after around 2015, he's only 28. So I don't think this is something you want to mess around with. And I think that it's actually a good thing for the Dodgers long-term. And of course, people are pointing to Dustin May, the redhead, the fiery redhead expected to make his return. (laughs) Also off of his Tommy John surgery on Saturday, probably going to be limited innings. So I understand a concern there, but I think that this is all moving in the right direction. Of course, the Dodgers, even with Bueller gone, Kershaw should be coming back shortly from injury heading into October. Dustin May obviously will be in his recovery, his return, Tony Gonsolin breaking records with his amount of innings that he's been having to pitch. So hopefully what they can do also is kind of give him a little bit of time to rest, however that might be. I mean, even switching to a six-man rotation, whatever that looks like, it almost presents an opportunity as far as betting is concerned, I think, to look at where are the games where the Dodgers can afford a loss and or can rest some of these pitchers heading into the postseason yep and i mean especially with fernando tatis jr going to be having played as many games as the two of us this mlb season that, <laughs> that means that they should be in cruise control there and i mean i just take a look at the national league and we've seen the dodgers come out very very short in the playoffs time and time again but right now i feel like their main competition is out there in the east as daniel avari mm-hmm. does a great job with the los angeles city cast is joining me on the podcast because i take a look at the padres and even though they did wind up making those moves for juan soto brandon drury josh bell now not having fernando tatis jr when they need him most in the playoffs that winds putting them behind the eight ball I don't know if Josh Hader is ever going to become the same guy that we wanted seeing Heck, even just a few months ago as he has looked a little bit shaky since coming over to the San Diego Padres. And right now, I think the two teams that you've got to fear if you're a Dodgers fan, because, and as we know, it's been a little bit rough for them in the playoffs, are the Mets and the Atlanta Braves who have been playing so well. And I think the big thing with both of those teams is that they've got the frontline pitching to be able to match up with all those guys that you threw out there in that Dodgers rotation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, You're also looking more, well, at least I'm looking a little bit more at offenses at this point because I know that what the pitching is going to look like for the Mets. I know how solid that's going to be. I know how solid the Dodgers, especially starters, are going to be. So to me, I'm going to look at the team's offenses, obviously, here as we head into these final stages, if you will. And also the bullpens who's got the stronger bullpens and it's just it, it's really going to be incredible baseball we're going to get to watch actually and it's it's interesting of course that it's of course the two major markets here as we talk about new york and la teams yep it is going to be absolutely incredible to take a look at that i do think the financial league race will be solid and no doubt there's a lot of betting opportunities taking a look at the run line of the dodgers but what i think is more complex because right now it's pretty much bet the dodgers run line or bet the money line of the other team is the <laughs> other team out there in los angeles the angels because it's a little bit more touch and go there. After beginning the season 27 and 17, I'm not even kidding. Entering into Tuesday, the LA Angels have been 24 and 48 in their last 72 games. Danielle, ah. just how bad has it been looking at this Angels team? Because I mean, you knew that the offense was going to fall off the table a little bit with Mike Trump, but it's just so tricky to take a look at Angels games because while the pitching has been 
subpar with regards to a lot of the starters. I'll give a little bit of credit to Reed Detmers. He's really been able to pick it up over the last few weeks. But taking a look at the Angels, it's hard to take overs with them because you don't know if they're going to be able to get to three runs. But it's hard to take unders with them as well because you're <laughs> going to see something like we want him seeing on Monday where Little Leaguers yes. going to play better defense than that team. Oh, my God. I think, by the way, that ninth inning that we're talking about, disastrous. It started 2-2, oh. and two and the game obviously finishes four unearned runs, just error after error. And it's just, you go, is this professional baseball at some point? So it has been a little bit more tough. Obviously, the one shining bright spot that I have not had to hold my nose at, at least as far as the Angels are concerned, is Shohei Otani. Mike Trout, it seems like, is getting cleared to get back in and kind of start swinging a little bit. At least that was according over the weekend. But we know that he'll be dealing with a long-term injury. But really, the only time I look at betting the Angels is when Shohei Otani's on the mound. And then you, even still, you have to get creative, obviously, because books know what we know. They know that Shohei Otani's incredible as well. So, you know, you'll look to something like earned runs or strikeouts or anything that you can kind of feel like you have an edge on. But overall, the Angels have just been a complete disaster. It was interesting because I actually had Adam Burke, who does a great job at Beeson, obviously betting analyst for Hus, does um, some baseball coverage as well. Uh, had him on the Los Angeles City cast pod that I host just today and we were talking about the Angels and he pointed out Reed Detmers and how he's been at least doing a little bit better that's at least one kind of bright spot for the Angels as well here but that just overall I mean he literally at one point said the Angels are 12 and 12 since the break so it's not that bad and I'm like isn't that crazy that the expectations for the Angels has dropped off so much after that losing streak that we're hey, at least they're 12 and 12. I mean, it's really, really abysmal. It's completely disjointed. Obviously, they had uh, management turnover at the top as well, and that never helps the team, I don't think, uh, at least a team like the Angels when their organization is ran the way it is. It's really, really tough to bet on the Angels for me right now unless Shohei Otani's on the mound. Reed Detmers, of course, has been a little bit of a turnaround as well. But to your point, you can't even trust them to give up a ton of runs or vice versa to score a bunch of runs. So it was overs for me with the Angels a while ago, but now it's just really tough. Also, um, Adam Burke pointed out a trend that was interesting about how the Angels back at the start of the first two months or so of the season were hitting kind of above average against lefty pitchers and have since done the exact opposite. have gone complete opposite direction. I have a horrible time. So you do wonder if they get Mike Trout back in the rotation, is that going to switch up in some way? But they've actually been really abysmal, especially against lefty pitchers. So maybe there's an opportunity to fade them. Yeah, it certainly is interesting. And taking a look at Wednesday as well, you're not going to be able to bet on this game overnight because the LA Angels they are to be determined with regards to their starter because they're determining which of their long relievers is going to be coming out, whether it be Aime Badia, Tuki Toussaint, or Mike Myers. <laughs> no, not the comedian Mike Myers. So that is not I'm a not single Michael place Myers, to be. The one nope. Will... Okay. Good news is it's not an axe murderer. The bad news is it's also <laughs> someone that might wind up murdering your bankroll if you wind up betting on them. So yeah, you can I look at it one Michael or two Myers, ways. I think. I think I would prefer Michael Myers out there, at least oh, a little bit of an intimidation gosh. factor. Yeah, it's it's not great to say the least. And joining me on the podcast, we do have Daniel Alvari. And the team that is playing them right now, the Seattle Mariners, they've been really interesting to take a look at as well because they stole a bunch of games from the New York Yankees over the last few weeks. And if you're looking for some places where you are able to make some money, it feels like there's just been so many teams out there in the West that have had the Angels number thus far this season in Seattle, it feels like they are exhibit A on this list. And overall, the Seattle Mariners, with getting back Julio Rodriguez, now they get back Mitch Hanniger as well. And he was critical for the team 
last season. He's also had one of the most unfortunate injuries that you'll ever look at. If you just search Mitch Hanniger injury on Google, I will not say it on this podcast, but it is brutal. (laughs) But with that said, I take a look at the Mariners and I think that there's going to be a lot of good betting opportunities for them moving forward. As I know that they've had quite a few games against the Angels recently, and they're going to have a few more down the stretch as well. We saw the beef that happened earlier in the season, obviously. So we know that there's a lot of uh, no, love, no lost. love lost between these teams. Yes, exactly. No love lost. So whether it's sunflowers being thrown or otherwise, and even when the managers get involved. So there's also something to that too. I think you can expect these ones to always be a little bit competitive, but I do agree. I think that there's going to be good opportunities to look, obviously. Yep. I do agree with you as well. And then taking a look at Wednesday as well, the one game up there with a Los Angeles team that you are able to bet on, it is Brewers versus Dodgers. And right now with the Dodgers, Find them between about a minus 160 to a minus 165 favorite. I know that there were a lot of people that were talking about perhaps a little bit of regression for Tony Gonsolin after the All-Star break. Team has been able to win each out of his last three starts. And as a matter of fact, they've won all those games by at least four runs. Do you feel like this was maybe a little bit overblown? Or is there maybe a little bit of worry with Tony Gonsolin? Because overall this season, opponents are getting a buck 78 off of him. I don't know if that's going to maintain But at the same time, it's just hard to be able to fade any one of these Dodgers pitchers at this point because even if someone like Gonsolin winds up getting blown up, you know that that offense, they can wind up being able to get back in the game if they are down two or three and just put up a five spot at like any given notice. Yeah, absolutely. You obviously get run support from their offense and things of that nature. So the Dodgers are just so well-rounded. They have so much depth. It's just, I mean, even if you're worried about a Tony Gonsolin, I mean, I know there was people who probably had their money on him a few games back. I think it was a Washington Nationals game back in July that he had been so consistent and he was 11 and 0 and that was his first really recorded loss of the season. So I wouldn't say it's something to worry about and really that's just because the Dodgers have depth in every which way. Yep, I agree with you there. The Dodgers have been very, very supreme. I did wind up fading them and live to tell the tale on <laughs> Sunday with Brady Stinger the way that no he's way. been able to Yep, I mean, it's just one of those things. first loss in so long. Yep, it was one of those things where I just had to trust in Brady Singer. I also like the under in that spot as well, just because I thought the Singer was going to be able to deliver a gem, and the Dodgers singing the blues, which is something that they have not (laughs) done a whole lot this season as well, and something that you do a lot of, Danielle, is providing great content. Mentioned it a little bit earlier, getting geared up for the WNBA playoffs, what is going to be an incredible football season as I know that you've got a lot to track, not just with the LA Rams, but also with regards to UCLA, USC, list goes on and on. If it's out there in the Los Angeles market, you do a great job of covering. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people are able to follow along and get the CityCast wherever they get their podcast or be able to follow it on social media and other platforms. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm on Twitter at Danielle Avari, as you mentioned, and you can get the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And I try to post really fun clips from the show as well on Twitter. So definitely uh, worth a follow if you're interested in what's going on in the Los Angeles betting market. And Danielle does an absolutely amazing job with that podcast. And whenever she joins us on any of our shows on VSIN, and she's on a lot of them, always delivers the goods. And whenever she's on this podcast, does the same as well. Always great to get Danielle on the podcast. Big thanks for joining me right here on the Baseball Wedding Show, now part of the Decent Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get Daniel Avari on the podcast. She does a great job with the Los Angeles CityCast, 
We do a great thing over here at VEASAN where we take a look at sports betting from a local perspective. We got CityCast for Los Angeles, New York, Denver, Washington, D.C., Chicago. list goes on and on. Lots of major cities. Danielle does a great job holding it down in Los Angeles. It is always a pleasure to get her aboard. So big thanks her for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast that I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do not that any changes that are made to these plays, they will be listed up on my Twitter feed at one. We're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation or this is where we go with the National League games first, then the American League games, any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So without further ado, let's dive into this first game of 901-902 on the betting board. It's the Philadelphia Phillies. They hit the road. They're facing off against the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are on to Cincinnati, and they're on to Nick Lodolo getting the start for them. And Ranger Suarez is going to be going for the Phils. 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 9. Under is minus 120. The over is even on the 8.5. Over and under are both at minus 110. Phillies between a minus 143 and a minus 155 favorite. Between plus 130 and plus 140 is your price on Cincinnati. And when it comes to the Red Legs, I've actually liked what I've seen out of Nick Lodolo, and I was willing to take anything of a plus 125 or greater and you know what we have gotten there with Nick Lodolo he's been able to get a little bit over 12 strikeouts per nine innings the big fear that you have with him is walks but it's not like Ranger Suarez has necessarily been the captain of consistency either and with Ranger Suarez certainly has been seeing a little bit of a downtick in terms of these swings and misses that he's been able to get this season first Suarez has been able to get right around seven strikeouts Per nine innings, little low four and a half walks per nine innings. Suarez still a little bit better, but he's still giving out right around 3.3 walks per nine innings himself. Now, the one thing I will say about Ranger Suarez, 269 road ERA compared to a 460 ERA at home, giving up five home runs in both settings. Now, he is going to be going up against the Reds team that the offense certainly has went through some trials and tribulations ever since. They wound up getting rid of Brandon Drury at the trade deadline as R.E.C. Aquino, T.J. Friedel, Jose Barrero. Really, everyone aside from Tyler Stevenson, who's currently injured at the catcher spot, has been a little bit underachieving. But he's still got Kyle Farmer hanging at 270, Jonathan India. He wound up turning to the fold yesterday. And then for the Philadelphia Phillies, they're hampered by the fact that they're currently without Kyle Schwarber getting 30-plus home runs. Him being on the injured list, that hurts. Now, you do have guys that are able to move the line for the team. Nick Cassianos has been able to hit it right around at 260 when he's been out there. JT Mito wound up getting a day off yesterday. He's been aiming right around about at 260. But Garrett Subs has been okay at the catcher spot as well. Reese Hoskins, right now your main matcher with Kyle Schwarber out of the full 24 home runs going into yesterday as well. Phillies relatively solid when it comes to righty-lefty splits. You do have some righty-lefty splits when it comes to Reese Hoskins, but by and large, they've been able to do a solid job there. And for the Phillies, the bullpen has been much better ever since the firing of Joe Girardi. Top 10 in the league, Sir Anthony Dominguez, right hand have been relatively solid, but the long guys can sort of be hit or miss. That's why they bring in David Robertson at the trade deadline to be able to share things up. And for the Reds, dead last in terms of bullpen area, that has been relatively tough. Alexis Diaz, he has been incredible, but guys like Ian Gabo, Luis Sessa, you're able to throw in their Hunter Strickland, Revierson, and Martin. These guys have north of a 5 ERA, but this is a red seam that they had significantly better at home rather than on the road. A little bit over 5 runs per game at home this season. More around 3.5 on the road. Relatively big splits. I do think that they are going to be able to get to Rangers Suarez 
in this spot. I do think that they're going to give up some walks. That's going to cause the Reds to bring in their bullpen as well. So I did wind up saying Metro at a 9.1. I'm looking at the over. Need at least a plus 125 to take shot on the Reds. So we're going to be looking at the Reds to go along with this over. 903, 904 on the betting board. The Chicago Cubs, they throw the facing off against Washington Nationals as Corey Abbott is going to be going for the Nats and Drew Smiley. He's on the bump for the Cubs. Cubs are between a minus 140 and a minus 145 favor. Between plus 125 and plus 132 is your price on Washington. Nine is the total. Under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. I did wind up saying my total at a 9.7. This is a Washington Nationals bullpen that has been a little bit up and down this season. They wound up having the turkey tosser himself. Patrick Corbin get the start yesterday. That typically does not mean good things. For the bullpen as well as you've had Kyle Finnegan do a relatively solid job. He, Carl Edwards Jr., Steve Ciszek, these veterans, they've got a sub for ERA, Rasmo Ramirez. Whenever he's been out there, he's been an okay long guy. And for the Nationals, you do have guys that are able to move the line. They're able to get on base. It's been a very good story. Take a look at Joey Manessis. Mine's getting five home runs in his first 11 career games. A little bit of a journeyman, so you love to see that. But right now, Luke Voigt, only guy on the scene with really more than 10 home runs. He's been able to go deep 15 times as he, Lane Thomas, C.J. Abrams, who's now back up at the big leagues, Victor Robles. He's entering between about a 225 to 235. It's been a little bit of a down year for Nelson Cruz, but you do take a look at this Cubs lineup, and you got Wilson Contreras and Patrick Wisdom combining for 38 home runs right now. Guys that are able to move the line, like a P.J. Higgins hitting a 280. Nico Horner has been able to hit 300. Been able to get some good at-bats out of guys like Nelson Velasquez and Nick Madrigal recently as well. I'm, I'm just not necessarily too bullish on this pitching matchup at all. Drew Smiley has been seeing a little bit of a downtick in terms of his swing and miss stuff. He's down to right around six half to seven strikeouts per nine innings this season after he was a little bit more of a swing and miss guy a little bit earlier on in his career, giving up about 1.35 home runs per nine innings. Corey Abbott, he actually, I believe, either began this season or last season in the Cubs organization, so he's got familiarity there now. With Abbott, he's been doing much better at home rather than on the road. On the road, he's pitched three and two-thirds innings, giving up seven runs, so you'll notice that he's got a 277 OB compared to a 17-18 ERA on the road. Now, I wouldn't take too much out of that as it's been a small sample size for him. He's mostly pitched at the minor league level this season, but even at the minors, he wound up having some command issues. Here at the big league level, he's been giving up right around six walks per nine innings, five bombs at 16 and two-thirds innings. So I do think that that is going to see a little bit of a downtick, but on top of that, with the Cubs today, I've been giving up some runs on the bullpen. You did wind up seeing them give up David Robertson, Michael Givens at the trade deadline. So as a result, now they're relying upon guys like Anderson Espinosa, Kervin Castro, Michael Rucker out of the bullpen, and most of these guys have north of a four-ish ERA. Rowan Wick has been a little bit better for the team, but neither of these starters necessarily elicit a lot of confidence. I think that the Cubs, they've got by far the better lineup, but I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to get to the other starting pitcher. Neither of these bullpens are necessarily too impressive. I set my total on the 9.7. I'm looking at the over, and I think that the Cubs, they've just got the better overall team. I was willing to lay up to a minus 148 with them, so seeing right around about a minus 140 or so, one take shot on the Cubs. Really don't want the run line. Going to go with the money line to go along with this total over. 905-906 on the betting board. The Slam Diego Padres, they throw out their facing off against the Miami Marlins. When Pablo Lopez is going to be on the bump for Miami and Mike Levenger is on the bump for the Padres. Seven is your total. Under is minus 110 to minus 120. The over is anywhere between even a minus 110 when it comes to Padres. It is anywhere between minus 135 and minus 140. Between plus 120 and plus 128 is your price on Miami. And when it comes to Miami, I needed at least a plus 143 to take a shot on them. 
And I like Pablo Lopez as a pitcher. He has seen a little bit of a downtick recently, but I mean, going into yesterday, the Miami Marlins had scored three runs or fewer in 16 straight games. Unless if you can bank on the starting pitcher giving you like six plus innings and giving up two runs or fewer, you really cannot wind up taking the Miami Marlins at this point because the offense has been that awful. You take a look at Pablo Lopez and the team is providing absolutely nothing for him whatsoever, which is why... He has went 1-4 in his last five starts, the team has, because the team has scored three runs or fewer for him in every one of those starts. I mean, he has been a little bit down recently, giving up at least four runs in three of them, but overall, he's given up two runs or fewer in five out of his last eight starts. The team has only been able to win four of them, so that's a little bit of an issue for Pablo Lopez. He's been able to do a relatively solid job of just being able to keep the ball in the yard in general, right around 1.15 home runs per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate is nine. His walks per nine rate hovering in the neighborhood about 2.6 to 2.7, so he's been able to do a solid job. Mike Clevenger on the flip side, he's been really able to pick it up. The last five starts, a 3.03 ERA. He has given up four home runs in that time span, over 29 and two-thirds innings, but opponents in just a 2.25 off of He's been able to keep the walks down. Eight walks in those last 29 and two-thirds innings overall for the season. Right around two and a half walks per nine innings. A little bit over a home run per nine. So I do like the way that Clevenger has been able to throw recently in the Padres. They do have a little bit more in their bullpen as well because they do wind up picking up Josh Hader at the trade deadline. Been able to get some relatively solid innings out of someone like a Robert Suarez. He's now got a sub-3 ERA. Tim Hill over the last 40 days has been able to provide a sub-3 ERA as well. And the Bell Crisman is able to give you multiple innings. So if you feel good about that. Meanwhile, guys like Dylan Floro, Anthony Bender and company, they've got right around a four-ish ERA when it comes to Miami Marlins. I do like Stephen O'Kurt. He's been able to provide a 261 ERA. Tanner Scott, not necessarily the most trustworthy reliever for this team, but I mean, just take a look at this Miami Marlins lineup right now. Not having Jazz Chislam and Ode Soler who have really been your main two home run hitters. Aside from Asus Aguiar, who he himself has been able to provide 15 home runs. That has been quite a bit of an issue. Gary Cooper is back and he's hitting about a 270. And I will say, you've been able to get some good production out of Charles LeBlanc. Young guy who's been able to hit well above a 350 for this team, but you've got so many dead bats like Jacob Sellings, J.J. Bleday, whenever he's out there, Asus Sanchez, list goes on and on of guys that are in a 220 or lower. It's been deplorable, and as we know, the San Diego Padres, they wind up making those big trade deadline acquisitions. Manny Machado, back to hitting above a 300. He, Juan Soto, Brandon Drury, all have at least 20 home runs this season, and Will Myers is back at the full. Will Myers has been with about a 260 for the season very silently. Jerickson Profar has been able to move the line after a tough, tough start to the season. Awesome Kim. He's been able to hit right around a 250 for the campaign, hitting north of a 280 over the last 45 days as well. Got some lively Padres bats now. You're in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in Miami, and I still think that Pablo Lopez is going to be able to deliver a good start. I just think that Pablo Lopez has absolutely no support whatsoever to get this win. So I did wind up making the Padres minus 143 on the money line. I don't want any part of the run line. I'm going to stick with the run money line because I think that this is going to be a low-scoring game. I set a 6.4 total as a result of the way that the Miami Marlins have been hitting. So I'm looking at the under and I'm looking at the Padres on the money line. We go 907-908 on the bidding board. It is the New York Mets on the road facing off against the Atlanta Braves. As Jake Odorizzi is going to be going for the Bravos and Matt Max Scherzer is going to be on the bump for the Mets. 
Mets are a favorite of anywhere between minus 135 and minus 140. Between plus 120 and plus 128 is your price on Atlanta. 7.5 is your total. Unders minus 115 to minus 120. Overs between even and minus 105. And when it comes to the total, I did wind up setting it at a 7.8. I am going to be taking a look at the over. Scherzer has been absolutely incredible since coming off the injured list. There has not been a single start in which he has given up more than three total runs. And I think he's only given up two earned runs. In every one of them as well as I think that there was an unearned run when he wanted giving up the three spot. But when it comes down to it, I do think that the Mets are going to be able to get to Jake Odorizzi, a guy that I've just not been impressed with. He's made two starts here for the Atlanta Braves and he has given up a combined five runs, four of which were earned in eight and two-thirds innings against the Mets on the road, which is a pitcher-friendly ballpark, and against a Miami Marlins team that has been absolutely deplorable in terms of their offense. So it has been far from impressive for him all season long when he's been away from Houston. He's got an ERA that is a little bit north of four, not necessarily giving up the deep ball too much. He's given up right around .75 home runs per nine innings, the walks per nine rate. That's in the neighborhood about three, but opponents hit a .250 off of him. Not much of a swing and miss guy. Gets a little bit under seven strikeouts per nine innings, and even at his advanced age, Mad Max Scherzer are over 11 strikeouts per nine innings. He has been superb on the road with a 216 road ERA, buck 71 ERA at home in both locations, giving up four home runs over the course of 50 plus innings. So he has been incredible, giving up fewer than two walks per nine innings. Guy is just absolutely dominant. And for the Mets, Seth Lugo being able to be that bridge to Edwin Diaz has been very good because Seth Lugo, he wound up having his issues towards the beginning of the season. But over the last 40 days, he's had a sub 250 ERA. Steven Nagosic, he's back up at the big leagues. He's actually a relatively solid long reliever. Probably not going to need. Him in this spot, though, at Amonavino. He's posted up a sub 2.5 ERA for the Braves. They've got the second best bullpen ERA in the National League. AJ Minter has been relatively solid all season long. Jackson Stevens, if you need him as a long guy, he's got a sub 3 ERA. They're spinning the tires on Kirby Yates right now, but Dylan Lee, he's got a sub 3 ERA as well. They pick up Rosio Iglesias at the trade deadline, and I do think that the Atlanta Braves are going to be able to get a few runs off of Max Scherzer. Not like five or anything like that, but I think that they could get two or three here because, I mean, you've got Austin Riley. Be able to provide 30 home runs. He's hitting at 290, and then you've got guys in the middle of the fold that have been able to do a nice job of just having functional power. As we got William Contreras, Dansby Swanson, both providing 16 home runs. Swanson and Michael Harris, the second, are both hitting between about a 290 to a 300. And for Michael Harris, the second, he's getting a home run every about 20 or so at bats. He has been amazing as a rookie. Meanwhile, you've got Ronald Acuna Jr. doing a good job of moving line, and then for the Mets. Pete Alonso led the big leagues in terms of home runs per game on the road last season. He has been incredible hitting a 280 for this bunch. Brandon Nimmo, Francisco Lindor, Taylor Naquin. You're able to throw in there. Marcana only between about a 255 to 268. Linder north of 80 RBI this season. It's been in case which both of these lineups have been very solid. The Mets, one of the best teams at being able to move the line in the big league. So I do think that the Braves, they get to Max Scherzer a little bit. But I think that the Mets get to Jake Odorizzi quite a bit more. Don't know if I necessarily want the run line here because I do think that the Atlanta Braves bullpen going to be able to hold down the fort. And I do think that the Atlanta offense going to be able to keep them close in this one. So I'm going to be taking a look at the Mets on the money line. Did wind up setting my total at 7.8. So looking at the 7.5 over as well. As so we go 909910 on the bang board, the Colorado Rockies on the road facing off against the St. Louis Cardinals. One Jordan Montgomery is going to be going for the cards. And Erdemann Marquez is going to be on the bump for Colorado. Colorado is an underdog of any 14 plus 170 and plus 175. Minus 190 to minus $2 is your price 
on St. Louis. 7.5 is your total. Unders anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Overs between even and minus 105. When it comes to Colorado, needed at least a plus 183 to be able to take a shot here. When it's all said and done, we might be able to get there, but with the Cardinals' run line, you're finding this right around about a plus 105 to a plus 110. Needed at least a plus 102. So, as it sits right now, looking at the St. Louis Cardinals on the run line, laying a run and a half now. Obviously, I'm going to be taking a look at a little bit of overnight line movement as money seems to be coming in on the St. Louis Cardinals as this run line opened up at a plus 120 on them. But when you wind up bringing in Jordan Montgomery, you bring in a guy that is going to have command. He's been giving up fewer than two walks per nine innings and thus far very, very good in his St. Louis Cardinals career. As a matter of fact, he has not given up a single earned run in his two starts to combined 11 innings at home against the Brewers and the Yankees. A pair of very tight wins for the St. Louis Cardinals as he was able to get eight punch outs in that last start against the Milwaukee Brewers. Meanwhile, for Irmar Marquez, give credit where credit is due. He's been pitching significantly better recently as he has now given up two runs or fewer in five out of his last six starts after he got off to a deplorable start. Now, he has still given up the deep ball in this stretch. He has still given up four home runs. So it's been a case in which he's been limiting these home runs to more solo shots, but he's been significantly better on the road rather than at course. 585 Omiri. 407 ERA on the road, and the big thing is that deep ball. 15 home runs given up in 72 and a third innings at home. Six bombs and 55 and a third innings on the road with opponents hitting a 224 off of them on the road. 307 off of them at home. Problem is the bullpen behind them. A lot of these guys, they wind up being better when they are in Coors Field rather than on the road. Got a lot of these guys like Lucas Gilbreth, who's got a 363 ERA overall this season, 214 at home. That winds up rising to a 530 on the road. They do pick up Denelson Lamet, and I think that that's going to be very big for them. He is not quite acclimated to Colorado at this point, so that should be able to work out for them. But Jake Bird, Carlos Aceves, guys like this, they've got north of a 450 ERA. And then for the St. Louis Cardinals, Genesis Cabrera is able to be a multi-inning guy. He's got a sub-3 ERA. Ryan Elsley still with a sub-1 ERA. Jordan X has been a little bit all over the place this season for this team, so... That is something to take note of, but he's been able to do a much better job at home rather than on the road as well. Giovanni Gallegos has been relatively locked down. And then for the St. Louis Cardinals, you've got the two mashers in Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado. Going into yesterday, it combined 53 home runs with Goldschmidt hitting a 330 near Nolan Arenado right around a 300 himself. Now, Albert Pujols has been hitting about a 250. He has been able to find the fountain of youth as you're in the second half of the season, limited at bats. Keep that in mind, but he's been hitting well above a 350. So, credit where credit is due for that. Tommy Edmond, one of the top base heroes out there in the big leagues. He's hitting a 255 with 24 stolen bases. And for the Colorado Rockies, just a lot of guys that they can't go deep on the road. Never do right around one. 0.2 home runs per game at Coors Field. 0.65 home runs per game on the road. CJ Chrome, for instance, 23 home runs. 17 of them have come at Coors. Brandon Rogers, he's got 11 bombs. 10 of them have come at home. The team's batting average falls by about 40 points when they are on the road as well. Really, nobody other than Jose Iglesias is hitting well above a 300 on the road. Has really been able to find too much, which is why I do like St. Louis in this spot. I do think that taking a look at this home and road place is pretty big, and I do think that you're going to see the Cardinals be able to get to Irma Marquez in this one as well. So I might tell it at 8.1. I'm looking over, and I'm looking at the Cardinals on the run line getting plus 102 or greater. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. It is the LA Dodgers, a third face-off game. Milwaukee Brewers as Eric Lauer is going to be going for the crew 
Tony Gonsolin is on the bump for the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are between a minus 160 to a minus 165 favorite. Between plus 140 and plus 150 your price on Milwaukee. 8 is the total over his minus 120 and the under is even. I need at least plus 145 to take a shot on the Brewers and we have been able to get there. Tony Gonsolin has not necessarily been the same guy ever since the All-Star break. Now, still has been relatively solid. I mean, you just take a look at the 14-1 record and you know what? It's been a pretty darn good season for our good friend Mr. Gonsolin, but over the last four starts, he's been posting up more of a 3.20 ERA. He has been giving up a hits per nine rate that is a tad bit higher. Overall for the season, opponents are hitting just buck 73 off of him. I do think that this is going to wind up going upward even just a little bit. He's been giving up right around .85 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate right around two and a half after it was more like five last season, so credit where credit is due. And for Eric Lauer, he's got some very demonstrative home and road splits. 265 home ERA, 448 ERA on the road, and the big thing has been the deep ball. He's given up 15 home runs in 64 and a third innings on the road, 7 bombs in 54 and a third innings at home, as opponents are in right around the same, 230-ish at home and on the road against him, so he's been able to do a good job of being able to play to the ballpark in Milwaukee and for Milwaukee. They do have a pair of guys in their lineup with, that have been able to give you north of 20 home runs, and William Adamas Roddy us a combined 46 home runs, and then approximately 20 out of 100 Renfro, and with Renfro, He's been able to get a home run every about 15 or so at bats. He has been rock solid for this team with the Brewers. You don't necessarily have that one guy that's able to consistently move the line. Mark Brasso with about 120 at bats. Only guy in the team that's hitting above a 255. But you do have Andrew McCutcheon, Christian Yelich, Colton Wong, all hitting right around about a 250 to a 255. And then Tellez, Hunter Renfro, they're in that pocket of about a 240 along Jonathan Davis. When it comes to the LA Dodgers, you do have the leg up. When it comes to this lineup, as Will Smith, he has been getting all sorts of jiggy with it. He and Mookie Betts, both hitting at 275. Betts, 26 home runs at the leadoff spot. Smith has been able to provide 17 bombs. Joey Gallo's 14 home runs. Problem is, he's also got a billion strikeouts. So that's a little bit of an issue. Chris Taylor banging the fold for the team. But you do need guys like Matt Muncie along with Cody Bellinger, Austin Barnes to be able to pick it up a little bit more. But Freddie Freeman hitting at 320. 16 home runs. Straight turner down for what? Hitting at 305. 18 home runs. But with the Brewers, even without Josh Hader, you still have some relatively solid bullpen pieces. Brad Boxberger, Hobie Milner, they're providing a sub-3 ERA. Taylor Rogers has not been himself really since the beginning of the month of June. But Devin Williams... In his last 34 appearances, he's got one appearance in which he has allowed an earned run. There were a few unearned runs allowed, but in terms of earned runs, just one appearance in which he's given up at least one. Meanwhile, for the LA Dodgers, they're currently dealing with an injury to Yancey Almonte in the bullpen, and that is something because he's been able to do a relatively solid job. Evan Phillips, along Caleb Ferguson, both have sub-two ERAs, been able to get some good innings out of Alex Vesey, and David Price has been solid out of the bullpen. 250 ERA for the old guy as he's been much more effective than some of these other guys like Chris Martin, Craig Kimbrell, Reyes Bonanta will have north of a 3-9 ERA. So it's been a little bit up and down with the Dodgers bullpen. I do believe that the Dodgers should be a favorite. I mean, they entered into yesterday with 80 wins for a reason, but I do think that the Brewers getting north of a plus 145, they provide some relatively solid value. I do think the Gonsolin going to get a little bit less lucky on balls in play. Do you mind if saying my total at an 8.4 as a result? Looking at the over, and I'm looking at the Brewers with a plus price. 9-13, on the bang board. It is the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're on the road. They're facing off against the San Francisco Giants. As one Carlos Rodan is going to be going for the Giants, and Zach Davies is going to be going for Arizona. 7-7 seven to seven 
is your total on the seven. Over is minus 125. And the under is plus 105 on the seven half. The under is minus 125. The over is plus 105. With San Francisco, in between minus $2 and minus 210 is your price. Between plus 180 and plus 188 is your price. On Arizona, I need at least a plus 186 to take a shot on the Snakes. And if you're looking at the run line, you're getting a plus price on San Francisco at a plus 105. I was willing to lay up to a minus 105 with the Giants. So as the current numbers, I'm looking at the Giants on the run line. I'm going to let this breathe a little bit more personally before I wind up firing in on this. I want to see if there's a chance we can maybe get like $2 on the Diamondbacks before I wind up taking that run line. But Carlos Rodon has been able to do a solid job all season long. He did wind up having a pair of starts to begin the post-All-Star break sort of part of the season, which he wound up giving up five runs in both of those. But if you looked at both of those games, he was completely let down by his defense. And ever since then, he has looked like the Carlos Rodon of old, giving up three runs over the course of his last three starts. Guy has been absolutely dealing seven-plus strikeouts in four out of his last five starts. As a matter of fact, overall for the season, he's been able to get right around about 11-ish strikeouts per nine innings. Has been able to do a great job keeping them all in the yard, right around .6 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate, that is sub three. So, Carlos Rodon checking all the boxes and has been amazing at home. Buck 89 home ERA compared to a 372 ERA on the road. Meanwhile, for Zach Davies, he's looked relatively solid since coming off the injured list. His first start did not go as planned, giving up four runs over the course of two innings against the Cleveland Guardians. First start coming off the injured list, you need to acclimate. But ever since then, five scoreless innings at home against Colorado gave up three runs in five innings on the road in Coors against the Rockies, which there's no shame in that. And overall, Zach Davies has been able to do a better job of being able to keep down the walks. Right around 3.1 walks per nine innings was a big bugaboo for him while he was with the Chicago Cubs last season. So he's in a little bit of better form. Problem is for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they don't have a lot of guys that are able to move the line. As you do have Dalton Varsho, he's been hitting in the neighborhood about a 240-16 home runs this season. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they get a little bit under 1.4 home runs per game on the road. Meanwhile, more like 0.9 home runs per game at home. So that has been an interesting split to take a look at. But need a little bit more out of guys like Sergio Alcantara, Carson Kelly, Seth Beer, Christian Walker, Geraldo Padromo, Jordan Luplo, all in a 221 or lower. Although I will say, for Walker, he's starting to get that batting average up, and he's got 28 home runs this season. So, power's been there over the last three days post All-Star break. It's been hitting more like a 265, so that's been nice to see. And Emmanuel Rivera is starting to turn into Babe Ruth here for the years at the Diamondbacks. I have no idea how, but in nine games with the Snakes going into yesterday, he had four home runs and 31 at-bats, so he's been able to do a solid job there. And for the San Francisco Giants, this is a top-10 offense in terms of runs per game, and I really don't know how they're doing it. I mean, they've got balance. Evan Longoria, Mikey Stremski, Thario Estrada, all between 10 and 12 home runs. Estrada's been able to about a 270 for this team. Luis Gonzalez has been in that fold as well. They've got Jock Peterson and Wilmer Flores in between about a 252, 255. Combined 33 home runs out of those two guys. They do a good job of being able to platoon righty and lefty splits, but Yastrzemski, Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, so many guys. They have been hitting a 225 or lower credit where credit is due to Joey Bart after a very bad start to the season. He's really picked it up with the bat as well. Post-All-Star break, he's hitting well above a 300. So that's been solid, but for the San Francisco Giants, a little bit of a roll of the dice on the bullpen. You've got three guys that you're able to trust in. Jerlin Garcia, John Brevia, Camilio Duvall. All these guys posting up a sub-3 ERA for Arizona. At this point, it's Joe Mantiply and not necessarily a whole lot of light else. I will say Ian Kennedy, he's been able to post up right around 3 ERA as well, but I think out of the full, a few guys like a Sean Pop and Kyle Nelson. That hurts because then you have to bring in 
Edwin Uceta, Mark Melanson, and those guys are not necessarily been too terrific for the team. So I'm going to be taking a look at the Giants on the run line. I do think that Rodon going to do a great job of holding down the Diamondbacks. Only 7.5 that I'm seeing is currently at DraftKings. The only thing I have access to here in Las Vegas is a 7. I would personally rather have a 7 over rather than a 7.5 under personally in this spot as well. So I will be taking a look at a 7 over if that's what winds up presenting itself along with a Giants run line. 915-916 on the betting board. The Kansas City Royals mid the road face-off against the Minnesota Twins. Tyler Molly is going to be going for the Twins and Daniel Lynch for Kansas City. Royals are an underdog of anywhere between plus 150 and plus 155. And anywhere between minus 165 and minus 175. Going to be your price on Minnesota. 8.5 is your total over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And when it comes to the Twins, I want to saying them as a minus 215 favorite. Daniel Lynch is not a guy that I want to be trusting in whatsoever. And when you take a look at Tyler Molly over the last two seasons, his road ERA compared to his home ERA is just complete and utter night and day. Last two seasons, his home ERA has been hovering right around a 5. His ERA away from Cincinnati, that's been more in the neighborhood of about a 250 to a 260 as his home runs per 9 rate literally falls by three-fourths when he leaves Cincinnati. That ballpark was not set up for him to have any success there whatsoever. Him coming over to Minnesota, that is big. Meanwhile, you take a look at our friend Lynch over there for the Royals. He's been better on the road than at home as well. 522 home ERA compared to a 394 ERA on the road. He's given up four home runs and 48 innings away from home. Seven bombs to 39 and two-thirds innings at home. So it might be a case, much like Molly was in Cincinnati, where the ballpark is not necessarily suited to his liking. But the big thing for Lynch as well, he's given up right around 3.8 walks per nine innings that is relatively unacceptable. He's also been allowing opponents at well north of a 250 off of him. This is a Twins team that they don't necessarily have a lot of power outside of Byron Buxton who's been able to provide 28 home runs right around a home run every 12 to 12 and a half at bats. He's only been able to 225 but other guys have his back. Gio Urshela, Carlos Correa, Nick Gordon, all these guys in between about a 260 to a 275. Gilberto Cicino's in that fold as well and then Jose Miranda. He's been able to about a 275 for the team of Luis Arias. Great table setter hitting at 330. And then for the Kansas City Royals, all of a sudden, MJ Melendez, Bobby Wood Jr., and Salvador Perez all have between 14 and 17 home runs. For MJ Melendez over the last 15 days, it has come together for him. Four home runs in that time span, so that has been nice for this team. Salvador Perez only a 225, but he's got a lot of power. And Vinny Pasquantino, he has gotten hot with the bat as well over the last three weeks. This man has been hitting well north of a 300. He's been able to go deep five times over the last 15 days. So the Kansas City Royals are getting hot with the bat at just the right time. The problem is bullpen has been deplorable for this team. They're currently dealing with a little bit of an injury to Joel Pyams. Ever since coming off of the injury list, Josh Shamont has been a hot mess for this team. Luke Weaver has not been good all season long. Amir Garrett has north of a 450 ERA. Don Coleman along Scott Barlow. Both of these guys are providing a sub-290 ERA. But pass that you don't necessarily have a whole lot of blood. And for the Minnesota Twins, Amelia. Pagan is someone that you want absolutely no part of. Michael Fulmer, along with Ore Lopez, coming at the trade deadline. Good acquisitions at Yon Duran. He leads the big leagues in terms of pitches thrown at 100 plus miles per hour. And in 20 appearances at home, he's got a 0.74 ERA. He has been amazing in Minnesota this season. Trevor McGill has been relatively solid as well. So I do think that Tyler Molly going to be able to find some success here at home. The Royals, to their credit, they've really been able to kick it up on offense. But I think that Daniel Lynch going to be lit a little bit ablaze as well when it comes to the run line of the Minnesota Twins. Able to get that at a plus 115. I think that they light up our good friend Lynch. I was willing to lay more like a minus 115 with the Twins run line. So going to be taking that plus price on the run line. 
line with the Minnesota Twins, and I'm looking at this total over 917-918 on the betting board. The Baltimore Orioles at third face off against the Toronto Blue Jays. Ross Tripling is going to be going for the Jays, and Austin Voth is on the bump for Baltimore. Baltimore is an underdog of anywhere between plus 140 and plus 155. Meanwhile, if you take a look at Toronto, it is anywhere between minus 160 and minus 170 with your total 9. Over and under, and between minus 105 and minus 115. Needed at least a plus 152 with the Orioles, and we have been able to get there with that plus 155 I'm seeing right now, so I'm going to be willing to take a shot on Baltimore when it comes to both. He has been very much up and down this season, but ever since he's gotten to Baltimore, it has all clicked for him. He had a 10-13 ERA was with the Washington Nationals, a 3-21 ERA here with Baltimore. He needed some starts to be able to stretch himself out because he was coming out of the bullpen with the Washington Nationals earlier this season, but now he's been able to go at least five innings in each out of his last three starts, giving up five runs over the course of 15 and a third innings in those starts. Now, not necessarily the best competition against the Rays, Pirates, and Reds, Three offenses that have been struggling ever since he trade deadline, but with both, he's been able to do a good job of being able to keep the walks down right around 2.7 walks per nine innings. He has been giving up a few bombs right around 1.25 home runs per nine innings, but by and large, he's been able to do a relatively solid job. And then for Ross Stripling, this is going to be his first start in quite a while at the big league level as his last start wound up coming on the 30th of July. So first start of the month really didn't wind up making any minor league rehab appearances. And prior to going on the injured list, he was looking very solid giving up two runs or fewer in each out of his previous four starts, was once again against not necessarily the world's greatest competition, but Stripling has been a nice find for Blue Jays' team that has needed starting pitching. 302 home ERA, 332 ERA on the road. He has given up five out of his six home runs this far this season at home, but he's been able to keep the walks down. 1.6 walks per nine innings. Opponents are about a 241 off of him. Not necessarily a supreme swing and miss guy. Seven strikeouts per nine innings, but he's been able to do his part. Now with the Blue Jays, Tim Meza, he is currently out of the fold for this bullpen, but you do have a lot of guys like Adam Simber, Yimi Garcia, David Phelps, and then the closer, Jordan Romano. All guys posting up a sub-3 ERA and three passes, someone that they picked up at the trade deadline as well. And despite the fact that Ore Lopez is out of the fold for this Baltimore Orioles bullpen, it is still a very good bullpen as CNL Perez, Dylan Tate, Felix Bautista, Joey Kreeble. All these guys have been able to give the team a 263 ERA or better, and then you're able to throw in their Keegan Aiken, a little bit more of a long guy as well. I do think that you've got value here with the Orioles, especially with Anthony Santander, the way that he's been able to step up, providing 20 home runs for this team. And there's really some good balance when it comes to this Baltimore Orioles lineup, as you've got Santander, Ryan Mountcastle, Adelie Rushman, Cedric Mullins, you're able to throw in there, Ryan McKenna, all these guys hitting at least a 250 aside from Rushman, but Rushman, ever since really the beginning of the month of July, has been able to hit north of a 300 for the team as well. And then for the Toronto Blue Jays, they do wind up getting George Springer back in the fold. That's big because he wound up missing a few weeks. He's been able to hit about a 255, getting a home run every 18 or so at bats. This season, Vlager Jr., he's already got a home run in this series. He's been able to 285, Alejandro Kirk, Lourdes Gurriel. They do a nice job moving the line, hitting about a 300 to Oscar Hernandez. Since coming off the injured list earlier this season, he's been hitting above a 300, Matt Chapman. How about how under the radar this guy has been? Over the last 45 days, a gentleman that has been hitting right around a 325, eight home runs in his last 75 at bats going into yesterday. So I did think that both of these offenses going to be relatively formidable. Ross Stripling, it's a little bit of a roll of the dice coming off of the injured list. The Blue Jays 
bullpen, I do believe, is actually a little bit underrated. And the Baltimore Orioles, top five bullpen in terms of ERA. So I did want to say my total at 8.8. As a result, looking at the under end, I think that you've got value here with Baltimore. Willing to take plus 152 or greater with them. 919, 920 on the betting board. It is the Seattle Mariners in the road facing off against the LA Angels. Good old Timmy Determined is going to be going for the Angels. And George Kirby is on the bump for Seattle. We've got no numbers up on this game. And right now, it's looking like it's probably going to be either Tuki Tucson or Aime Badia. You're going to have one of these long guys wind up going for the LA Angels. It's probably going to be a piggyback situation. Would not be surprising to see Mike Myers, no not the comedian, wind up getting a few innings in this spot as well. So if you wind up getting something like Tucson, Myers, somewhat of that nature... I am setting the Mariners more around about a minus 149 favorite and a total of 8.789 for less, looking at an over a 9 or higher to the under now. With George Kirby, command is there for him. He has done an amazing job of not giving up free passes. 1.25 walks per 9 innings, but he's also giving up 1.25 home runs per 9 innings. As a matter of fact, in 85 innings this season, he's given up 12 home runs and 12 walks. You typically don't wind up seeing that, but he's throwing a 266 off of him, but he's still been able to get 9 strikeouts per 9 innings, and he's been better on the road rather than at home. 295 road ERA compared to a 372 ERA at home. In his two starts against the Angels, he has been solid, giving up three runs over the course of 12 innings, and it's an Angels lineup that it is really a sad state of affairs for the team. Shoy Otani is still out there giving you an absolutely amazing effort. He has been able to slug out north of 25 home runs this season, hitting at 255, but Jared Walsh along Taylor Ward over the last 50 days, both of these guys hitting right around 200. Both of them have been able to provide right around 13 to 14 home runs, but man, it has been a downfall for them. And I will say, Luis Renifo, he's been hitting above a 300 over the last 45 days for the team, but you've got a lot of dead bats out there like Andrew Velasquez, Max Stassi, Mangolia Sierra, Kurt Suzuki, all these guys hitting a 210 or lower. And then for the Seattle Mariners, they wind up getting back Mitch Hanniger, who had north of 30 home runs last season. He is a big acquisition for this team. You've got Eugenio Suarez and Julio Rodriguez, both providing 18 and 19 home runs apiece. Suarez right around 325 on base. Julio Rodriguez, one of the top base dealers out there in the American League tie France. Been able to do 285, been a little bit touch and go for he along with Adam Frazier over the last few weeks, but both of these guys have been able to do a solid job. Sam Hagerty, he's hitting above 300 as well, and for the Seattle Mariners over the last two months, best bullpen ERA in the big leagues. After you wound up seeing bad starts to Europe for guys like Andres Munoz, Diego Castillo, and company, they have really been able to rein it in, while Eric Swanson, Penn Murphy, Paul Seawald have been constants, providing a sub-260 ERA all season long. Matt Brash, Failed starter, solid bullpen piece. And for the LA Angels, you got to figure that it's going to be some of these long guys who have been relatively solid, like Tuki Toussaint ever since he got sent up to the big leagues. Sub-3 ERA. I'm a Badia right around a 244 ERA. But these are guys that have really excelled coming out of the bullpen, and we've noticed this a lot with the Angels. A lot of these guys that they excel at the bullpen, when they wind up becoming a starter, they go straight to mush, which is not necessarily too terrific because they're also backed up by guys like Aaron Loop, Ryan Tabera, the one-inning guys in the bullpen that have north of a 4 ERA as well. So, they mind saying the Mariners as a minus 149 favorite, figuring that we are going to be getting Tuki Tucson and or someone like a Mike Myers, another long guy like Aime Badia, and Semitola and an 8.789 for less, looking over a 9 or higher to the under. As we go 921-922, and the DK Nation pick as it is the Tampa Bay Rays, 8th road to face off against the New York Yankees. Corey Kluber is going to be going for the Rays, and Domingo Herman is on the bump. 
for the Yankees. The Yankees are between minus 138 and minus 145 favorites, while the Rays are fighting themselves as underdogs of anywhere between plus 125 and plus 132. And to this game, anywhere between 7.5 and 8 on 7.5. Over is minus 125, and the under is plus 105. On the 8, under is minus 115, and the over is minus 105. I use DraftKings numbers because it is for DK Nation here, so I'm looking at the 8, and I'm taking a look at it over. I did wind up setting my total at an 8.7, so even if this climbs to an 8.5, I would still like this total over when it comes to the Tampa Bay Rays. They have not necessarily had a lot of firepower, although I will say Randy Orozarena winds up going deep yesterday. He's now got 16 home runs. He's been able to move the line in. Big thing for the Rays is that they wind up getting back Harold Ramirez as well because got quite a few dead bats for this team. Guys like Roman Quinn, Jose Siri, Taylor Walls, Yu Chang, hitting a 220 or lower. But I will say, if you take a look at the numbers for someone like a Roman Quinn, he was terrible with the Philadelphia Phillies. He's been hitting right around about a 260 with the Tampa Bay Rays. And Harold Ramirez is someone that's able to move the line, hitting a 330. Andy Diaz, right around 385 on base. But I also expect the Yankees, after they got shut out at back-to-back nights, to be able to bounce back here. You've got a guy in Aaron Judge who has been absolutely incredible for this Yankees team. He and Anthony Rizzo have, between the two of them, more home runs than the entire Detroit Tigers team as Judge, north of 100 RBI, 46 home runs, entering into yesterday. And a lot of these home runs may wind up turning into multi-run shots. And the Yankees, in terms of home runs on a per-at-bat basis, have the highest of any team out there in the big leagues, both at home and on the road. So if you're looking at those splits, they do a great job on both. Jose Trevino, Isaiah Kinnear-Falefa, both of these guys hanging between about a 265 to a 275. You did notice that DJ turned it up. LeMayu wound up getting a day off yesterday. He's been dealing with a little bit of ailment. John Carlos Sand is still out of the full, but we've also seen the Yankees. Yankees bullpen start to regress. Clay Holmes, north of a 5 ERA over the last 30 days. You've been having Scott Efres on this. He looked terrific. Jonathan Weisskopf, I have no idea why he hasn't been DFA'd to this point. He's got a 6 ERA. Juani Peralta has been relatively solid, but certainly have had your ups and downs with the Yankees bullpen. And for the Tampa Bay Rays bullpen, overall for the season, they're right around 10th in terms of bullpen ERA. They've been able to do a relatively solid job. They've got Pete Fairbanks back in the fold. You've had Jalen Beeks be utilized as an opener with right around 225 ERA. Brooks Raley, Colin Pooch, both guys with three ERAs or better. But I do think that Corey Kluber can be added in this spot. He's got a 440 ERA, 7-7 seven seven record. He does a great job in terms of command, but the Yankees are a team that they know him very, very well because he used to pitch for the New York Yankees last season. And two starts against the Yankees. As a matter of fact, he has given up three runs, only one of which has been earned. I do think that this is now where they wind up being able to catch up to him a little bit. And for the Klubot, 442 road ERA, giving up six home runs in 55 innings as far as the season, but opponents are getting a 268 off of him as well. And for Domingo Armand, it has been a case which has been a little bit rough for him. Now, ever since his first start against the Houston Astros, where he gives up five runs over the course of three innings, he's been able to rein it in a little bit more. Two runs or fewer given up in each out of his previous four starts, but certainly has been a case in which he has been lucky to wriggle out of some of these situations as well. Two plus walks in three out of those four spots as well as he's been giving up right around 3.1 walks per nine innings. His home runs per nine rate a little bit north of a 1.3 as well. Opponents are getting a 277 off of him. I do think that both offenses are going to ignite, which is why the DK Nation pick is on the over. I do believe that the Yankees have much more firepower. I do think that they're going to be able to make a statement here against Corey Kluber, be able to get to him. So I did wind up saying the Yankees as a minus 150 favorite as well. Turns into decision time as a money line or run line with the Yankees. Find that run line in most spots right around a plus 140, seeing a straight plus 150 out there as well. But 
I would rather play it safe, take the Yankees on a little bit of a jog your money line, but go with the DK Nation pick of the over because of the way that the Yankees bullpen has been regressing a little bit recently. 923-924 on the betting board, the Detroit Tigers hit third face off against the Cleveland Guardians. Cal Quantrill is going to be going for the Guardians. Daniel Norris is on the bump for the Tigers. Tigers are a pretty sizable underdog. Anywhere between plus 180 and plus 188. Meanwhile, with Cleveland, it's anywhere between minus $2 and minus 210. Eight is your total. Under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Over is anywhere between minus 105 and even money. And when it comes to the Cleveland Guardians, I did wind up making them a favorite of a minus 204. If you take a look at the run line, you're going to be finding their run line in the neighborhood of even money. I'm seeing right now a lot of minus 105 as well. And I'm on the way up to a minus 105 with Cleveland Guardians. Nothing more than minus 105, but I am on the lay of the minus 105 with Kyle Quantrill. He has been very much a pitcher contact guy, getting a little bit under six strikeouts per nine innings as far this season. But what Cal Quantrill has been able to do has been limiting the deep ball at home thus far this season as both home and road, he's got a 9-5 record, right around a 3.67 year A, but that winds up falling to a 3.16 at home. At home, he's been giving up a right around 1.25 home runs per nine innings, but the walks per nine rate when he's been at home, right around 2.3, but it's like a 2.29 off of him when he's at home compared to a 2.87 on the road. And Cleveland has really been one of the more pitcher-friendly ballparks out there in the big leagues, just as the Guardians, who are averaging right around 0.65 home runs per game when they're at home. This is a Guardian team that overall, they are second to last in terms of home runs per game in the big leagues. And dead last is, a matter of fact, the team that they're playing, the Detroit Tigers. But among their 93 home runs entering into the day on Tuesday at home, they have slugged out just 35 of them in 53 games. It has been remarkable to take a look at now. The thing is, is that they've got guys that are able to do a very solid job of being able to move the line. Jose Ramirez, Oscar Gonzalez, Andres Jimenez, Stephen Kwan, Amir Rosario, Josh Naylor, all these guys. And at least a 270 for this bunch of menace is sitting above a 300. And Jimenez, he's got six home runs at home thus far this season. You've got your main masher in Jose Ramirez, 94 RBI, 22 bombs entering into yesterday as well. But it's been all about contact for the Guardians who are in the top three in terms of few strikeouts on a per pad basis. They're going up against a guy in Daniel Norris that began the season on the bullpen, got an ERA of a 597. In the start that he provided for the Detroit Tigers last time out, it actually wasn't bad. Four and two-thirds inning scoreless against the Chicago White Sox. Wound up having to get out of a few jams, but by and large was able to do a solid job. He's been able to get right around 10.5 strikeouts per nine innings, but he had just one punch out in four and two-thirds innings in that start now in the starters role. I think that he is going to be getting fewer swings and misses, especially against the Cleveland Guardians team. And the big thing for the Detroit Tigers is that this has been a deplorable offense all season long, averaging right around 2.8 runs per game on the road entering into yesterday. Now, they were able to ignite a little bit earlier in the game yesterday as you still have guys like Jameer Candelario, Tucker Barnard, Akil Badu, Kerry Carpenter, Jonathan Scope. All these guys have been having a little bit of a rough time. Everyone except for Carpenter hitting below a 215 for this team. Spencer Torkelson was so bad they got sent down to AAA. I will say for Carpenter, he hits a home run yesterday, so they might have a little bit of something there. Harold Castro has been able to do 280, but I do think that the Cleveland Guardians going to be able to do a solid job with their bullpen as well. Emmanuel Classe has been legitimately the second best closer to Edwin Diaz in the big leagues this season. Trevor Steven, Nick Sandlin, both of these guys have a sub-3 ERA. You've been able to get some good innings as well. Out of some of the longer guys like in Eli Morgan, who has seen a little bit of regression recently, but he and Sam Entages were very critical at the beginning of the season. Entages, so posting up right around three ERA. James Karinczak 
as they will come up big in some massive spots. And for the Detroit Tigers, they rank in the top six in terms of bullpen ERA as well. Ever since Jose Cicerno has come out of the bullpen and has come off the injured list, he's been able to give the team a sub-2 ERA. Alex Lang is posting up right around a 3 ERA. They do wind up trading away Michael Fulmer at the trade deadline, but Andrew Chafin, Willie Peralta, Jason Foley, all these guys, a 3-1 ERA or better. So I do think that this is going to be a relatively low-scoring game. I think the Norris is going to get touched up a little bit, which is why I do like the Cleveland Guardians on the run line because I do think the Quantrill going to be able to lock it down. Semi total is 7.9, so looking under along the Cleveland run line. 925, 926 on the bank board. The Oakland A's at the road face off against the Walker, Texas Rangers. Cole Reagans is going to be going for the Rangers, and Adam Aller is on the bump for Oakland. Oakland is an underdog of between plus 140 and plus 150. Between minus 155 and minus 165 is your price on Oakland. 8.5 is your total. Over is any between minus 120 minus 125. The under is any between even and plus 105. When it comes to Oakland, I did wind up saying them a plus 176 underdog. Cole Reagans, one of the top picks in the MLB draft very, very recently. And in his first two starts, it's been a little bit touch and go, but Adam Aller is someone that the Oakland A's were looking to as a prospect. And even though Cole Reagans has been a little bit up and down at the very least, it hasn't been all down like it's been for our good friend, Mr. Adam Aller. As take a look at Aller, his ERA is a 726. He has a lot 12 home runs and 48 in the third innings thus far this season. That is a home runs per nine rate right around a 2-1-2. He's got a road area that's a little bit better than at home, considering Oakland is about as pitcher-friendly as it gets. That makes absolutely no sense. But still, 6-1-5 road area. He has made nine total appearances on the road, giving up six bombs and 26 in a third innings with opponents hitting a 308 off of him. There's been not a lot of redeeming qualities. Meanwhile, for Reagans, it's been a small sample size at the big league level. He wound up giving up one unearned run in five innings at home against the Chicago White Sox. Goes on the road against the Houston Astros, and his nickname might as well have been Hickory because he wound up getting smoked in that one, giving up five runs. But with that said, you take a look at what Reagans was able to do at a little bit of a lower level, and he was able to do a relatively solid job. Posting up right around a 3.05 ERA with 10.5 strikeouts per nine innings with most of his starts in the PCL, which is notoriously a juice ball league and notoriously a league in which it's at a lot of places that elevation list goes on and on. So not an easy place to be able to pitch there. And then you do take a look at the lineup of the Texas Rangers and certainly have been able to get performance out of Marcus Simeon recently. He wound up having zero home runs the first 40 or so games of the season. He's now up to 18, so he has really been able to help this team out. But on top of that, you've got Corey Seager. He's been able to go deep 25 times as Seager throwing their eight Elise Garcia, Jonah Heim. All these guys are in between about a 248 through 255 Garcia. He's been able to go deep 19 times as well. Simeon spinning more around about a 240. Leody Tavares has been able to move the line. Ezekiel Duran, Charlie Culverson. Not as much boom power towards the bottom of the full, but both of these guys staying above a 255. And then for Oakland, you just really don't have anyone that's hitting above a 245 for this team. Sean Murphy has been able to do a solid job. He's that guy that's hitting right around a 243. 13 home runs for him. Seth Brown, ever since the All-Star break, has been able to pick it up as well. Leads the team with 17 home runs. He's been able to do a lot of his damage on the road as well. You'll notice with Oakland, they've got a better batting average on the road rather than at home because Oakland's just such a pitcher-friendly ballpark. He's been able to get seven home runs since the break, though, hitting right around 300. That has been a nice sign for the team, but need more out of guys like a Tony Kemp, Nick Allen, both guys 
guys hitting right around about a 215 to a 225. It's been just a hot mess for the team in general, but Domingo Acevedo, AJ Puck, Sam Mall, Zach Jackson, all these guys have been able to provide a sub 3-5 ERA for this Oakland A's bunch. And when it comes to Oakland as well, you've been having your ups and downs all season long. They've been a little bit better in terms of their offense on the road, which is why I am going to be taking a look at and over in this spot because I do think that Adam Muller going to be lit ablaze, especially with the Texas Rangers. Not necessarily backing up Reagans with a great bullpen as well as Garrett Richards over the last 45 days. He's gotten north of an 11 ERA ever since Joe Barlow's went down with an injury. It's been very much touch and go. I do think that Brock Burke, along with Matt Moore, going to be able to supply some good innings. Both of these guys, a sub to ERA, but Jose LeClerc, he's been a little bit all over the place as well. So this is a total where I did wind up setting it at a 9.2. I'm looking at the over, and I do think that Reagan's going to be able to give a better start here than our good friend, Mr. Aller. If you're looking at the run line, you're going to be finding that in between a plus 125 to a plus 130. I was going to take anything above a plus 115, so I would rather take the run line in this spot with the Rangers because I do think that they get to Aller in a little bit of a higher scoring game, so looking run line of the Rangers go along with that over 927-928 on the main board. The Chicago White Sox, they play us to the Houston Astros. Robert Valdez is going to be going for the Astros and Michael Kopech. He's on the bump for the White Sox. White Sox are an underdog of any team plus 125 and plus 133. Meanwhile, with Houston, any team minus 140, minus 145 is your price. Eight is your total. Under is minus 115, and the over is minus 105. And they mind saying the Astros minus 133 on the money line. If you're taking a look at the run line, you're only finding it right around about a plus 112 to a plus. 135. I was willing to lay up to about a minus 132 on the White Sox on the run line, and when it comes to money line, I would need at least a plus 133 to take a shot. We are getting right to that plus 133, so in some form or fashion, going to be taking a look at the White Sox on the money line slash run line. All depends on late night line movement, and seems like Michael Kopech has been getting faded quite a bit recently, which I recognize that Michael Kopech doesn't have the best barrel rate in the world. He's been giving up a little bit more hard contact than his 3.18 ERA would indicate, but I mean, the guy is 4-8 and eight with a 3.18 ERA as well, and he's been solid at home. 2.81 ERA. He's given up right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings, but I'm starting just a buck 48 off of him at home. That is going to be going a little bit northward, but you also have Kendall Graveman, Liam Hendricks in the bullpen doing a solid job of being able to back him up, and Ronaldo Lopez and Jimmy Lambert really went under the radar. Failed starters who have been able to do a nice job holding it down in that bullpen for the Houston Astros. They've been dealing with a few ailments of their own as Jeremy Pena has been out of the fold the last few days. Wanted coming back yesterday so that went to helping them out as he, Alex Bregman, throwing their Kyle Tucker, Elemendi Zias lying between about a 250 to a 2.60 this season with Bregman providing a 3.50 on base. Jordan Alvarez, he has been amazing all season long. Being able to supply 31 home runs, a 4 arm base but you take a look at him since the All-Star break Hitting more around at 260, five home runs in his last 80 or so at bat. So that is a little bit of an issue. Jose Altuve, he wanted missing a game a few days ago, but he's back. 19 home runs. That's been rock solid. But for the White Sox, they do a good job of being able to move the line. They've been without Tim Anderson for quite a while, but Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, Andrew Vaughn, all between 12 and 14 home runs, all hitting at least a 295 for this team. The big problem has been the bottom of the fold. Yes, Manny Grandal, Yohan Moncada, Lurie Garcia. Lennon, Sosa, these guys hitting a 220 or lower. AJ Pollock has been all over the place for him this season, but feels like AJ Pollock is starting to sort of find his watermark. He's been hitting about a 300 ever since the All Star break as well. And for the Houston Astros, top open in terms of ERA in the big leagues, but we've seen Rafael Montero look a little bit more shaky recently. He, Seth Martinez, or on the Ryan Sanic, all providing a sub three ERA. It's been a very solid season for Ryan Presley as well. So I do think that you're going to see some relatively solid pitching, especially with Framber Valdez being much more 
more dominant on the road rather than at home. For Valdez, overall this season, a 273 ERA. That falls to a 221 on the road compared to a 351 at home. And for Valdez, big thing with him, being able to keep the walks down as he has been allowing right around three and a half-ish walks per nine innings. So that's been a little bit of an issue. And he really hasn't faced lefties at all this season, which I do find to be very fascinating. He's only at 89 ABs against left-handed hitters, so that is going to be interesting to see what winds up happening if that sample size winds up going up. And also what is interesting about Valdez, buck 85 is what opponents are hanging off of him on the road compared to 256 at home. And swinging miss stuff has been a little bit better recently as he's getting more around 7.8 strikeouts per nine innings as well. So I do think that both of these pitchers could be able to go up, have a relatively solid performance here. Set my total at 7.8. I'm looking at the under, but with Kopech, as long as I'm able to get plus one. 33 or greater, and right now, the highest that I'm seeing on the White Sox is a plus 133. I'm going to be willing to take a shot there, and we need to wrap things up with 929, 930 on the bang board. The Pittsburgh Pirates, they're going to be playing us to the Boston Red Sox as Rich Hill is going to be going for the Sox, and Ronzi Contreras is on the bump for Perk. Right now, DraftKings is the only place with a lineup on this game. Contreras wound up getting activated by the Pittsburgh Pirates late last night, so it is plus 125 on the Pirates, minus 145 on Boston. In is your total over and under are both at minus 110. And if you're looking at this Boston run line, you're only getting a plus 110. And if anything, I'd be looking at the Pirates getting a run and half at right around a minus 130. That would be the most I'd be willing to lay. With the Red Sox, I made them a minus 144 favorite. So if when it's all said and done, you wind up getting more around about a minus 130 to a minus 135 with the Red Sox, I'd be willing to lay it there. I'm just doing this as according to the one line that we've got up right now when we wind up getting more lines because I can't even utilize DraftKings lines being out here in the lovely state of Nevada. So I can't even wind up firing in on this. But when it's all said and done, if the Red Sox more on like a minus 135, even up to a minus 140, we'll be willing to lay it here. But at current numbers, I'd be looking at getting the run half with the Pittsburgh Pirates because the Red Sox, ever since the All-Star break, they have been the worst bullpen in the American League. It has been really bad to see Darwin's and Hernandez have right around, I am not even kidding, your 820 ERA for this bunch. You've been having guys like Austin Davis, Ryan Brazier, Matt Barnes all post up north of a 4-5 ERA. Edicazis Automoto has been relatively solid. John Schreiber has been as well. And I will say Garrett Woodlock, when you're able to get him out in a multi-inning situation, that has been solid. And if there is good news for the Boston Red Sox, they're facing off against a Pittsburgh Pirates lineup that is Pretty deplorable, and they are currently without Cabrian Hayes. He's currently on the injured list. Brian Reynolds, Kevin Newman, both of these guys sitting between about a 255 to a 265. And Jason DeLay, the catcher, is as well. But for Reynolds, he's been able to supply 17 home runs as far as the season. Michael Chavis, only other guy for the team with a double-digit amount of homers. As O'Neill Cruz, you're able to throw in there. Belay Madres, Yoshi Satsugo, their new first baseman, and Kevin Padillo. All the catchers not named Delay. You're able to go down the list of guys that currently are hitting a 210 or lower for this team. And then for Boston, you still have out there guys that are able to do a solid job. Rafael Devers hitting above a 300. He's had north of 25 home runs. Sander Bogarts, you want to get a day off yesterday. He's been hitting above 300. Now, J.D. Martinez has been hitting sub buck 75 over the last 50 days. That is an issue for the team. But Christian Arroyo, Alex Verdugo, Eric Hosmer, all these guys hitting between about a 265 to 265. And then Fam, Tommy Fam has been relatively solid. So it's coming over for Boston as well. First 12 games, trio of homers hitting right around at 265. But you have your trepidations in terms of the Boston Red Sox pitching, especially with Rich Hill, the oldest active starting pitcher in the big leagues. He's been giving up right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine in the neighborhood 2.8. But swing and miss stuff 
way down. He's getting fewer than seven strikeouts per nine innings. And then Ronzi Contreras, he's going to be making his first start since really the beginning slash middle part of July. I know that the Pirates wanted to limit his pitch count just a little bit as well. So it was a little bit more precautionary. So not quite the same as a typical injured list sort of ordeal. But with that said for Ronzi Contreras, when he's been out there, it's been a little bit hit or miss because you take a look at his last six starts prior to going on the injured list. Wanted giving up one run in three of those starts, at least four runs in three others. So you either get good Ronzi Contreras or you get bad Ronzi Contreras. As he's got a 3.54 home ERA compared to a 3.94 ERA on the road, giving up nine home runs over the course of 50 innings. So right around 1.7 home runs per nine innings. He's able to get nine strikeouts per nine innings. He's got really good stuff, but he needs to learn how to be able to locate a little bit better. And he's backed up by a bullpen that is taxed because they wanted getting two innings yesterday. From their starter, Mitch Keller, that is far from ideal. Now, Chase Young did a very good job as a long guy being able to eat innings for them as he and Will Crow both have been able to post up a sub-3-5 ERA. Obviously, that knocks out Young for this game. And you've got someone in Manny Benuelos who I don't necessarily trust. And Colin Holderman has been very solid. He's got a sub-250 ERA thus far this season. Dwayne Underwood Jr. is able to give you a few innings as well. So this is an ordeal in which I did wind up making the Red Sox minus 144 on the money line. At current numbers, I would take a look at the run and half with the Pittsburgh Pirates willing to take it as long as it's minus 130 or better juice there. And I did wind up saying my total at 8.2 with the way that the Pirates are dealing with all sorts of ailments. And I do think that Contreras could be able to land an okay start here as well. Also, at the 8.5, would be looking under and at current numbers. We'll be looking at the Pirates getting a run and half, but like I said, if we wanted seeing more like a minus 140 on the Red Sox, would be on that side. And that will wrap things up for the Wednesday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Vison Family and Podcast. A big thanks to Daniel Avari. Does an amazing job with the Los Angeles City Cash. He joined me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at June underscore one. Keep in mind, letters DM. Amy does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're befriending whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. By that five star review, I'm going to be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season on this podcast, which means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.